We now begin the sixth parak of Masech Shabbos, parak Vav, and this is going to talk about types of clothing and ornaments that a person can and cannot go out with on Shabbos. The basic idea is that while we've already learned that hotza'a, transferring objects to the public domain or in the public domain, is forbidden, that's only true if one is carrying them, but if one's wearing them, then it's permitted. In other words, when you go out the street and you're wearing your shirt, you're not carrying your shirt, you're just wearing it, and that's permitted, of course. So things that you're wearing that are bona fide clothing, begadim, that are serving either to clothe your body, meaning so you shouldn't be exposed, or to protect your body from the elements, to keep you warm um, in the winter, or cooled off away from the sun directly in the summer, etc., those are called clothing, begadim, and one could wear them out in the Rishasaram, no problem. Similarly, one could be wearing Tachshitin. A tachshit is something that decorates the body. Um, jewelry, in the most broad sense of the term. Anything that's ornamental, that decorates a person, makes them more appealing. It could be visually appealing. Um, it could also be, like, for example, we'll see things that take away a, a bad smell or bad breath are considered to be tachshitin. They make you more appealing socially, um, you know, not visually, but olfactorily speaking, let's say. Now, that would also be considered to be wearing, and one could go out with his ring or his necklace or his whatever, tachshitin, um, his, his different ornaments, in the public domain, and that would be permissible. We'll see here in the parak that many, or even perhaps most, tachshitin were forbidden, essentially most, almost all tachshitin were forbidden, um, to be worn, midurabanan. And the reason why is the rabbis were concerned that a woman, let's say, wearing a ring, would take off the ring to show her friend and then end up carrying that ring inadvertently in the Bishos Rab. Since the rabbis um, saw that women very frequently took their ornaments, jewelry, rings, etc., off to show their friends um, and ended up potentially carrying them, so therefore, essentially, most tachshitin are forbidden midurabana to be carried in the Bishos Rab, meaning even to be worn in the Bishos Rab. Um, Notwithstanding that, as a side point beyond the scope of our Mishnayas, it seems that the universal minhag in Klai Yisrael is that women do wear jewelry in public, um, notwithstanding the Mishnah saying that they that they are, are not permitted to do so Madurabanan. How that happened halachically is a story beyond the scope of, of a Mishnayas here here. Okay, but that's the backstory here. So now the Mishnah will start out by talking about women and their headgear and headdresses, what they may wear in public. So it says, Bame isha yotza uvama with what may a woman go out? When it says yotza, we mean into the Rosh Rab, the public domain, and what may she not wear in the public domain? So it starts out by saying, lo teitze isha, woman may not wear, lo b'chute tzemer, v'lo b'chute pishtan, she can't go out with her hair wrapped up um, in strings made out of wool or out of linen, v'lo b'chute or any other kind of strap that ties up her hair, um, like for some whatever kind of hairstyle she has, that's forbidden, uh, and the reason why is because we are concerned, even though that she can be wearing, of course, like the rubber band, cuckoo type thing, whatever it is that's holding up her hair, um, but we're concerned that sometimes a woman on Shabbos will be going to the mikvah, and to go to the mikvah, she should have to remove, loosen these um, straps or strings so that the water can get in and it wouldn't be a chatzitza. And then, since her hair will be wet after the mikvah, she'll end up carrying, instead of reattaching these things to her hair, and then she'll be carrying the Rosh Hashanah. And therefore, since this is the kind of thing which 
um, from time to time, women do untie on Shabbos and are liable to carry them on Shabbos. So we say they can't wear them in the first place. That's a, even if she's not going to the mikvah, even if she's too young to even go to the mikvah, it doesn't matter. A little plug. We don't differentiate. Women may not wear these things in their hair. And that's exactly what the Mishnah says now. Um, if the Mishnah puts you on notice that one on Shabbos or even during the week could not um, go to the mikvah, be tovelet, to be uh, immerse herself in the mikvah, until she loosens them so that the water can get in um, underneath the strap or string that's tying her hair down. Um, that's the the bartender learns. Um, and that would be true even if it were woven straight in, like braided into her hair. There are those who are makele, um if it's braided in. The reason why is because braiding and unbraiding hair or strings into one's hair is anyways forbidden on Shabbos, and therefore if one braided into her hair, she's not going to unbraid it on Shabbos, so she won't come to carry it. That's what some Rishonim learn, um, and therefore we'll be talking not in that case. If it's a braiding, it would be mutter. The part to however, understands it would still be a problem. The Mishnah continues and says, "Veloba totefet, veloba sanbutin." She can't go out wearing her totefet, like the word totafot beinenecha, the um, signs, for lack of a better translation, between your eyes, meaning like the tefillin, reference to the tefillin. The totefet was kind of like a like the tzitz, like the Kohen Gadol's headband that goes across his forehead. This is some sort of headband that grows across a woman's forehead, um, as again some kind of like jewelry decorative element for the woman and it's tachshit and she can't wear it because she's unlikely to take it off to show her friend and same goes over the sunbutin sunbutin are kind of like imagine dangly earrings but they're not attached to her ear they're attached to her headdress or attached to that totefet and again the idea is um, that she would let's say unhook one of these totefet dangling things um, called the sunbutin whether they could be they'd be like gold and silver for rich women they'd be little you know you know cheap strings, whatever the story is for poor women. In all those cases, we're afraid she's going to remove them and show her friend and end up carrying them. Bismanch and Tafur, and that assumes, of course, that they're not sewn into her head dress. Now, a woman, of course, keeps her head covered in public. We're not concerned she's going to uncover her hair in public. So therefore, if her head dress that covers her hair has sunbutin attached to it, so of course she's not going to, she, she can't remove the sunbutin because they're attached to the headdress. She won't remove the headdress because her hair will be exposed. And therefore, in that case, the sunbutin would be permitted to be worn in the Rosh Hashanah on Shabbos. Veloba kavul. She also can't wear her kavul in the Rosh Hashanah. Now, this is more tricky. The kavul is, um, according to Bartonor, it seems like it's kind of like a, like a, a, a pad or something like that that goes on her forehead that rests beneath the totafet. Um, other places and other enforcement seems that it's more like something kind of like what a swimming swimming cap looks like. Um, it's, not, it's of course made out of some kind of fabric, but the point is it covers her whole head, um, and it's like kind of like the most basic head covering, and it's somehow decorative. And we're saying that can't be worn out in the Rosh Hashanah. The implication being that in a chaser, in a private like domain outside <coughs> the backyard, let's say, she could wear her kavul. And the idea being that the kavul is being more lenient than other tachshitin. And the reason why is because the rabbis didn't want to leave the woman with no decorative elements at all, no jewelry, nothing to sort of adorn herself, because then she'll become tizgana labala, she won't be attracted to her husband. That's bad news. So therefore we wanted something. Now, um, according to many, we're talking here about any 
Meaning, that tells you that, yes, the kavul could be worn in the chatzer, but the kavul can't be worn in the Rosh Hashanah, whereas the other things can't even be worn in the chatzer, lest she eventually come to carry them into Rosh Hashanah, meaning she can't have the sanbutin and the totefet, etc., even in a chatzer. Uh, the Ramam learns we're talking about a chatzer that isn't a chatzer mu'rav. If it's an Erev chatzeros, then, then she, Erev chatzeros means that um, the whole private domain's already like been unified through some bread. So then it would be permitted to wear any of these things because we're not making like a double chatzeros. Anyways, an Erev chatzeros, nothing can go wrong if she would carry it um, there. So then the Ramam understands that these things are all permitted in the Erev chatzeros. Excuse me, in, in the chatzer, that's mu'rav with Erev chatzeros. Um, others say no, the only, it were even the chatzer that's got an eruv is not a place where a woman could wear these other things, but um, she could wear her kavu. The Mishnah continues, V'lo be'ir shel zahav. She can't go out wearing her, literally, her city of gold. This is like a fancy sort of like, think like a tiara or something, like a sort of fancy kind of crownish thing that grows across the top front of her face, head. Um, and it is in the shape of like the Jerusalem skyline. That was a special kind of thing that was a decorative element that she can't wear. Again, we're concerned she'll take them off and show her friends. Vloba katala, she can't wear a choker. That's like a necklace, a tight neck strap. The idea of the katala is that it, it fits very snugly around the neck and actually accentuates the ridges of skin, the folds of skin on her neck to make her look more plump than she really is because a plump woman was considered to be an attractive woman. In the time of the Mishnah, so you want your woman to look um, plumper. That's the katala. Again, we're concerned she'll take it off and show her friend. Vlobanizamim. Same goes for nose rings. Women can't go out with nose rings on Shabbos because we're afraid they'll take the nose rings out and show to their friends. Earrings, says the Bartonara, are yes permitted. Um, perhaps the reason why, although the Bartonara doesn't speak this out, but others do, is that the earrings are rather inaccessible because the head covering that she's wearing on her head. Um, covers her ears. So the earrings are sort of trapped behind the head covering and sort of rather inaccessible. And therefore, she's unlikely to start uncovering her ear slash headgear to get her earrings out. Therefore, earrings, yes, permitted. But nose rings, not permitted because she's likely to take them out. Misha continues, Veloba Tabat, she can't wear a ring. Again, the idea, we're afraid she's going to take the ring off and show it to her friends. We're talking here about a ring that's not a signet ring, a chosem, before the word like chatima in modern Hebrew, signature. A signet ring was the kind of ring that had something like, let's call it your initials or the equivalent, um, embedded in it. And when you would sign a letter, let's say, the way you would sign it was in the hot wax that seals the letter, you would press in your signet ring. Now, the signet ring is not an item of jewelry at all. It's the equivalent of carrying around like a, you know, a, a, a Parker pen in your pocket. So a woman carrying a wearing a signet ring isn't wearing jewelry. It's like keeping like her Mont Blanc or Parker pen in her pocket, and that's just good old fashioned carrying. But if it doesn't have the signet, it's just a regular good old fashioned diamond ring or the equivalent. So we're saying she shouldn't wear it um, out on Shabbos because her face will take it off. Um, but as we'll see in a moment, if she did wear it, she won't be liable for a chatas because it's a tachshit. It is a decorative element, and she's wearing it, therefore not carrying the ring while it's on her finger. And same goes, She shouldn't go out with a decorative pin that goes in her clothing or in her hair. Um, again, the concern is that she will pull the pin out to show her friends, like a brooch or something, to show her friends the design of it, and then she'll come to carry it. That assumes that it's a pin, but if it would be a needle, this is, A machat 
the word for pin and needle is the same in Mishnah Hebrew, the difference being if it's nakuva, if it has a hole in it, that means it's a needle. If there's no hole in it, then it's a pin. So we're saying she may not go out with her decorative pin because we're afraid she'll take it off. But if she did, again, the imyatsat, if she does go out with her pin or if she goes out with her, um, her ring, she won't be liable to bring a chatas because since she's wearing the ring or wearing the pin, it's called wearing and not called carrying. Um, we'll contrast in the couple of Mishnayas that if we're talking about a signet ring or a needle that has a you know an eye with the needle, a regular needle, it's a sewing needle, then she'd be carrying it by having it um, on her in her clothing, and that would be worse that she'd be liable chatas for that because it's like carrying around something on Shabbos.